1: it is Thursday, June 16th, 2022. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5. Those of you watching on the YouTube, the Twitter, or the Facebook can see the beautiful faces of Mark Porter and Bill Kerlick. These guys have done yeoman's work this week. I know everybody on this pod loves to hear, or this video, whatever, we're doing, loves to hear about the weather in Ohio but it is relevant today it has been a scorcher and these two dudes were out there soldiering on at Ohio State camps two days this week we got another one today so Bill are you now at your fighting weight considering the amount of water weight you've lost
0: (laughs) well let me put it this way I um at camp yesterday, well, let's start Tuesday morning. I got out of the car and Mark and I were standing at camp and talking about this is pretty nice. You know, it was probably 73 degrees, little breeze, little, little cr- cover, uh, cloud cover, pretty nice. Well, b- by the time the afternoon got there, it wasn't so nice. It was, uh, I think, in the low 90s, sun out. And it, it, it was it was it was not the the nicest day. In fact, um, they took the campers that day off of the turf fields. They let them uh, work on the grass fields and took the ones off the turf fields and moved those guys inside so that nobody on Tuesday afternoon was working on a turf field. Well, lo and behold, came Wednesday and it, and it was far worse i got to camp early i don't know probably quarter till nine camp hadn't started wouldn't start for maybe an hour and look at my watch and i get out of the car and it's uh 82 degrees already and that was at quarter till nine in the morning well when i got in my car to go home at four th- five o'clock whatever look at my watch it's 97 degrees sun is out it, it, it was a oven all day long on Wednesday. And, you know, we're just covering it, let alone the, guy, the, the, the kids camping. So it, it, I think, Mark, you can attest it was it was sweltering.
2: You know, a couple camps ago, I commented to the quarterback coaches. It's really not fair how windy it is out here for these quarterbacks because it's really breaking up their spirals and it's showing who, who can spin the ball. There wasn't a leaf on a tree moving yesterday. <laughs> you had no wind uh, variation, whether you were indoors or outdoors. No, you're not any English on your ball or do any Kentucky wind judgment. Uh, it was sweltering hot, and that type of hot where it was about the humidity, Bill. I mean, I've, I've been around 95 before, but that humidity was like you were breathing in water. So, uh, hats off to the campers, they shortened down the periods. They made those guys get water. I want to say every 10 minutes the whole place stopped and everybody was under, like, a, a command to drink water. Uh, they did it right, though, Ohio State. They made sure those players, their health was never – you weren't going to have someone heat stroke out on them out there. Uh, they made sure that they had the, the tent with the uh, fans blown for a couple guys that got overheated, so they did things right. And,
0: and there, there, were, there were one or two that did get overheated. Uh, despite everything <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State did, they did everything possible. Uh, there was a
2: – there was a rumor going around that those guys from overseas weren't used to this kind of heat because I think the first couple of guys in that tent were from France and Sweden and some other places. There was a big group of overseas contingent there, but yeah, I don't think they see that type of heat and humidity over there.
1: It was not a Scandinavian heat yesterday.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: It was uh, ridiculous. There's rolling blackouts in Columbus. It's been brutal. Bill good news today I think is just as warm as I look outside. Oh. But But you are battle-tested. So what we're going to do today is kind of break down the two camps, Tuesday and Wednesday. Going to go over which guys shined and got offers. So I'm basically going to hand the show off for Tuesday and Wednesday here to these guys, and they're going to drive you through it. But it has been interesting. There's even been some Ohio guys to pick up some offers. There have been a running back the first day that I had to learn about. So let's talk about Tuesday and the guys that got offers, Bill, and maybe what you think of each guy, and then Mark can chime in.
0: Well, Tuesday was a great day for running backs, both in and out of state, but particularly in state. You know, there were some outstanding running backs there on Tuesday, but uh, I'll go back a little bit. The the, the morning session, uh, offensive linemen, that, there were four offensive linemen that stood out, but really the one that, uh, that Mark and I were most concerned with or were looking at or whatever because... Uh none of the four were offered that day, but Luke Hamilton from Avon um is a 2024 offensive lineman that I thought did a nice job. Uh did not get an offer yet, but I still think he he has it. I certainly stick, still think he has a chance to get an offer. Um I'll move to the afternoon and then Mark, you can go. Um, the afternoon, like I said, was was an outstanding camp for running backs. Um, you know, there were some kids there that didn't get offers that that are kids that have Power Five offers already that I think may get an offer from Ohio State. But uh, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, there were a couple Ohio offers from the running back group. Jordan Marshall from Cincinnati. Um, Muller High School was outstanding. He got an offer from Ohio State. He's got a, a number of Power Five offers, a 2024 kid. And then from Via St. Joseph up in Cleveland, Bo Jackson, another kid that got an offer uh, that day. Uh, Trayvon Henderson, moving out of state, uh, was there. that, uh, Or I should say Trayvon Henderson was there, but his younger brother was working out there, uh, Keyshawn Henderson, uh, a running back was not offered, but he he is a talented kid, has power five offers. And, you know, a, a kid like Marquise Davis from Cleveland Glenville, um, you know, he uh, didn't get an offer that day. But he's a kid I could see certainly getting an offer at some point. He's only a 2025 kid. A- a- and... Um, uh, I should mention that it was Cleveland-Glenville day. Arvell Reese was there looking like the real deal. I think Mark would attest to. uh, Working out in the afternoon, already had an offer. Uh, And then uh, uh, the Witten kid, the tight end, 2024 from Glenville, is an outstanding prospect. Uh, Jaden Perlott from Georgia, a linebacker, landed an offer. Uh, Jamie French, a wide receiver from Florida, He's dynamic. He made some fantastic plays, a 2025 wide receiver from Florida. So that camp was just outstanding uh, on Tuesday.
1: Mark, who stood out
0: hey,
2: to God. you? Yeah, I'm going to go back right to the start where Bill started with Luke Hamilton out of Avon uh, High School out there in Cleveland. Uh, I'm with Bill. I think he could still be the one offered. I think they waited the next day to see Ben Roebuck. Those were the two top 24 offensive linemen in Ohio. Uh I think what they're looking for after taking Montgomery, Sierra Veld and uh, Padilla, Padilla, I think those are all guard center bodies. I think they're looking for the long tackle and they offered a long tackle yesterday. Uh, but I think that's what Luke Hamilton and Roebuck both probably figuring as a guard right now. Uh, Luke Hamilton wasn't as long as a couple of the other tackles there, but he was certainly as explosive and ran around and did all the good things he needed to do. In fact, I thought he did a great job in pass protection and one-on-ones, and I thought there might be an offer. But if Ohio State is waiting on those two, which they do have time, they're still 2024, I think it's because they figure Roebuck and Hamilton are guards. Um, the running back group, oh, my. Uh, when I saw Jordan Marshall live and then when I graded him at the end of the year, I gave him the highest grade an A prospect. I put him on the cover of one of my books I give out to college coaches. Uh, Mark Elder, the coach at Cincinnati Elder, has been a – friend of mine, since he was coaching in Eastern Kentucky and even other places, and he raves about Jordan Marshall. I mean, what a great all-around back. Big, physical, can move, can catch. Uh, When you say does it all, he does it. Between the tackles, outside the tackles, receiving, truly special. Uh, About a month ago, I went up to Villa, Villa Angela, St. Joe's, and Coach Rotsky is the new head coach there. He took the job last year, and if you followed Coach Rotsky, whether it was Euclid or Cleveland Heights, He brings in a crowd wherever he goes, and I think they've had over 30 kids move into that program since he's been there. Uh, Bo Jackson's not related to the real Bo Jackson, but I watched him work out that day, and Kentucky offered him that day. That's how impressive he was, and when you saw him down at Ohio State, boy, is he electric. He's a longer body. He's not really bulked up yet or anything. He's maybe a little bit skinny, but boy, his feet move, and The upside for a player like that being so young is unbelievable. In fact, offering a player that young, I was pretty impressed that Ohio State did that. Uh, And then we had Travion Henderson's younger brother there who's different than Travion. I'd point that out right away. He's a different type of runner, a little longer, more angular, uh, maybe a little more downhill. He's not quite the jitterbug that his brother is. It's funny how they're they're different people. And then uh, Samuel Williams Dixon from West Holmes, the kid from Amish territory we talked about a few weeks ago on this podcast. I thought he was one of the better running backs there. So Ohio's definitely has an outstanding class of running backs coming up. Probably one of the better classes I've seen with Ohio State and Jordan Marshall and uh, Bo Jackson.
0: And you know, I, I want to real quick get back to something that uh, Mark was referring to um, about the tackle guard uh, situation about uh, you know Luke Hamilton maybe more of a guard and so on and um, Ohio State is looking for tackles to fill out their 2023 class um, and, and I was talking you know there were a lot of college coaches there not just Ohio State coaches but uh, coaches from a lot of colleges the Mac schools and, and so on uh, uh, Pitt was there and just to various schools so there were a lot of college coaches to talk about and, and the topic and I've brought this up before. 2023 is not a good year nationally for offensive tackles. There just aren't that many out there and there's tremendous competition. People are wondering why uh, Justin Fry does, doesn't go out and get one or two gray offensive tackles to finish off this Ohio state 2023 class. It's because it's not easy. They're not out there. And the few that are left, there's just such tremendous competition for them. Um uh, the, you know, you've got the Olas Allen from Connecticut that Ohio State, you know, would love to get. Uh, we've talked about him before. You've got uh, Sampson Onkulu from uh, the Northeast, also that Ohio State would, would sort of like to get. That's going to be a harder one. Uh, but generally speaking, there just aren't the tackles out there to get this year. So they're going to have to do as well as they can. Uh, they've got Big Tree Babalade coming in this weekend for an official visit. Uh, this past weekend, they had Miles Walker uh, from Greenwich, Connecticut, came in. Um, but all in all, you know, Justin Fry is doing everything he can. but just not a lot of great offensive tackles this year. And that'll change a little bit, I think, with 2024. He's getting a head start, a great start on that. So, you know, that's kind of the reason. You're just not finding these kids everywhere this year.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: I'd like to point out to the Bucknutters that you just got some unbelievable inside, from inside information from Bill. That was a candid conversation between some offensive line coaches across the country that were commiserating on a national level that, listen, they're not there. And Bill got to be a part of that conversation. And, yeah, I mean, that's straight from the horse's mouth that the guys looking nationally and looking deep nationally are coming up short with that type of body, and it and it's funny how classes work like that. It's funny in Ohio how I see the ebbs and flows of different talent at different positions. But that's that's solid information. You can take that uh, for you know to the word.
1: Not surprising. They don't call him the dean for nothing. Wednesday, another scorcher. We discussed that. Some more offers went out. Bill, the floor is yours.
0: Well, it, it was a, a a very good day for Ian Moore from New Palestine, Indiana. He he was very good. And Mark and I, you know, stood there, watched him and and said, this is the guy today. And, and you know, he was – it was a good day all overall for offensive linemen. The best day overall of any of the camps so far. There was uh, – Ian Moore was there. Ben Robick was there. And there was a couple other kids that uh, – are maybe maybe not a high-state offensive tackle or offensive line caliber, but close, enough to look at. Um, but Ian Moore was the guy. He's about 6'5", 295 pounds, did everything well. I mean, he pass-blocked well, uh, has good feet. He's got some length. You know, uh, he's played right tackle, but uh, college coaches are talking about he could play tackle or guard in college. And a high State did offer him, uh, yesterday on Wednesday afternoon and, and he's pretty, he's definitely interested he told me he is going to be back he actually was here at Ohio State on Friday for a one-day visit then he came back yesterday to do the camp and he's coming back again probably the Notre Dame game I think he mentioned but he's coming back again for a game so that is definitely a kid potential tackle kid that you can put on the board as somebody to look for in 2024. So he got an offer in the afternoon, uh, the linebacker from Virginia, long linebacker, six foot three. And I, he's a legit six, three uh, about two twenty. Uh, Christopher Jones, really, really good looking kid. Uh, he got an offer on Wednesday afternoon. And then the tight end uh, Christian Bettenker from Illinois, 2024 tight end, He also got an offer. So those were the three kids that got offers yesterday on the sweltering day.
2: Yeah. I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to start with Chris Jones. Boy, was he long and big at linebacker? I mean, looking at him running around, you can almost use the word creature and that's going to back me up a day to Arvel Reese. I mean, I kind of skipped over him. He looked like a beast. He got longer. He's thicker in the legs. He's added weight. Uh, He was fantastic in drills. And, Boy, the Joshua Perry type of comparison kind of came to my head. He was long, maybe 6'4", 6'5", very athletic. So Jones and Arbel Reese were very similar in size and, you know, the way they ran around in drills. Uh, And Bryce West, I'll go back to uh, Tuesday, he looked fantastic. He is a thicker kid, stronger kid. Uh, He could be a safety down the road. That's how good he looks in person. Uh, And then the offensive lineman you mentioned more being the longer body. Uh, Two podcasts ago, or I think last week, we talked about the defensive linemen were posterizing the offensive linemen. We had offensive linemen that did not want to step in and take on some of the high-end defensive ends at the Ohio State camp. There was some shyness back there where that totally flipped the script where the offensive linemen were dominating yesterday, where the defensive ends probably didn't want to go because it was like they were running into a wall, whether it was Roebuck or some of these other guys. And I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Ben Roebuck a little bit. The reason I think he's a guard, even though he's 6'6", 6'7", and long enough to be a tackle, is he told me yesterday he lost about 25 pounds, and this is easily the best I've ever seen him move, but he's still not edge protector for the guy that's got Jets in his shoes coming off the edge yet. He's powerful. He's close. I wouldn't be surprised if Roebuck and Hamilton down the road, maybe after week three, and they check out a few game films, or maybe after they do next week's camp and have a full picture of what they want to see in 2024. But Ben Roebuck is one to keep an eye on. And I wouldn't be discouraged if I was those kids not getting offers yet. I just think Ohio State's waiting in Ohio for more names to appear and the board to settle. And, and, you know, and like Bill said, they're looking for tackle bodies.
0: Also, I want to go back to uh, you went back, Mark. I'm going to go back to um, I, I mentioned that it was Glenville Day on Tuesday um you know coach ginn ted ginn senior uh looking good by the way i hadn't seen him for a while mark you have but i haven't seen him for a while looking good and he's fired up and ready to go he's loaded for this year and next year Uh, glenville's back uh they got i think mark correct me if i'm wrong about 16 division one kids this year uh approximately Um, the
2: fcs guys yeah it's it's incredible and they had the three kids get the Alabama offers last week. I mean, they've got probably eight or 10 with Mac offers. I mean, it's, it's really their second tier of the Demarion Wittens and, Wittons and uh, a, a bunch of guys like that Laster. And uh, we're all working out there and they're almost, you don't almost look at them because you're so starstruck by the stars they have. So it's, it's back to early 19 or uh, the 2000, late 2000s with Glenville.
0: And, and West, as Mark mentioned, Bryce West is the real deal. I mean, the kid is a great cornerback prospect. And um, you know, I crystal balled him to Ohio State uh, quite a while back. And uh, I'm definitely still rolling with that pick. Um, now, one other thing on Arvel Reese. And one thing I've learned at, uh, on Bucknuts, is we get new members every day. And even the, the members that we have, you know, they – you are not – there's so much information put on Bucknuts all day long that you don't see everything. You don't read everything. And one thing I've learned is just because you write it doesn't mean everybody's going to read it for whatever reason. So uh, this is pretty significant, I think. Uh, And I did write about this on Bucknuts just the other day. Arvell Reese, he's going to be a Glenville guy, so to speak. He's not making his decision uh, in the next few weeks or a few months unless something crazy happens. That's not his plan. He's going to go through the process. He's going to take all five official visits like all the Glenville guys seem to do and then make his decision. So it's coming late. He told me, you know, probably national signing day uh, in December or who knows, maybe after that, but it's coming late. But the significant thing is, you know, he's taking his official visits after the season, but he's coming back to Ohio state this coming weekend, unless something changes, he will be back at Ohio state this coming weekend for an unofficial visit He'll be hanging around with all the kids on official visits this weekend. And that's just a positive uh, for Ohio State to get him on campus again this week. He was there working out on Tuesday. He comes back and continues used to go there. It's all a positive for Ohio State.
1: No question. All right, we're going to have to get out of here because duty calls. However, Bill, you are going back to the well today. Mark, you're out on the road as well today. Bill, let us know what's going on at Ohio State today and what people can look for on Bucknuts.
0: Two words, Ryan Montgomery. That's what I'm going to be watching, uh, head and shoulders of Buck. Not that I've, not that Mark and I haven't seen him enough. We've seen him plenty. But team camp at Ohio State. And this will be interesting because uh, Ohio State has not – this is uh, – they have not had a team camp this year. They didn't have one last year. Um, okay. you know, it's going to be interesting that it's a team camp. Uh, and we kick it off right away at uh, 1030 this morning. Finley plays Olden Tangy Orange. And I'm sitting right here uh, with Olden Tangy Orange, not uh, too far off in the distance. So and they do have a, a pretty good team. So they're playing. Finley is playing Olden Tangi Orange. First game, 1030 this morning. And Ryan Montgomery will be there. Luke Montgomery will be there, too, uh, to support his brother and teammates, of course. And that's the, the you know, there's going to be games all day long, but that's the, the team that I'm going to be most closely following, of course, watching Ryan Montgomery and see how he does. And he'll
2: do well, by the way, no question. I, I could say uh, Dan is sending me on a recognizance mission, but uh, I'm just visiting some clients up in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> they they wear, they wear green and white. They wear, they wear blue and maize. Uh, Western Michigan has a camp tonight but I will be hitting some Michigan area schools. I will change my colors as I cross the border into a more neutral uniform, but uh, hopefully we have some good stuff for you next week on the podcast.
1: Don't be surprised for a little inside information to come out of those camps, courtesy of a certain guy who may be up there possibly. We appreciate everybody stopping by. We really appreciate the work Mark and Bill have done this week. I know we chat about the heat and stuff, but I'm telling you something. It's legit, and these guys have done yeoman's work, and we appreciate it. They're the best in the business. We appreciate everybody stopping by. Have a good one, Buffmetters.